Hey guys, welcome back. In this episode, we are going to talk about codependency, the traits, the misconceptions, and how you might identify with it a little more than you think. Welcome back to the Me First podcast, the podcast for serial self-sacrificers and people pleasers who are sick of working so damn hard for love and approval and are ready to create peace and love, joy and ease from within. All right, guys, I am recording this. I just put all my kids to bed. I am tired, but I want to do this for you because this was the the tipping point for me. This was when I figured out how to move forward. Um, Codependency, I feel like it's such a dirty word. And many times people only associate it with being in a relationship with a narcissist or being in a relationship with someone with substance abuse problems or emotional abuse or physical abuse. And it is so much more than that. So I'm very excited to get into it with you and kind of walk through how I identified. I think, I think I've said this before, but when I was first trying to figure out why I was so anxious and depressed and lonely, and I felt rejected and dejected and just so miserably unhappy. And I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, I feel like not everyone else is this out of their mind with anxiety and depression. And here I am. I feel like I'm trying to do the right thing by other people. I'm trying to, you know, be the bigger person in some situations. I'm trying to keep the peace in my relationship and my family dynamics. Like I'm, I really am trying and come to find out that was actually part of the problem. So I'm going to go through some traits with you and I'll let you know exactly how I used to act them out. So number one, putting others needs before your own to the extent of neglecting yourself. Now, I don't know one mom who wouldn't identify with putting others needs before their own to the point of neglect. Um, have you ever had an infant? Because that is what happens. But when you take it further, um, not just like in the infant stage, but if you bring that into motherhood of preschool, elementary school, middle school aged children, and you are putting them before yourself to the point of neglecting yourself, like letting yourself go or, um, giving up your dreams for the sake of your children and all of these things that societal conditioning tells us that we have to do. Um, women are expected to be the caretakers and the nurturers. And while that is our nature, um, when we put ourselves, our whole identity on hold for the sake of mothering our children, you end up with empty nesters who have no idea who they are and almost expect or can expect they like need their children to validate that they've just given themselves up for their children. So then you, they, you know, resentment, that nifty little friend resentment, um, shows up and not just in a mother child relationship. This happened a lot with me in my marriage. 
So I would often do things for the sake of my marriage or for the sake of my husband that didn't align with me. And when you give and you give and you give, you end up neglecting yourself. You end up in a state where you don't really remember who you are. Okay, let's move on to number two. Difficulty setting boundaries, i.e. saying no. Again, I feel like women, this is so common. Like we just want to be the easygoing one. We want to be um, the nurturing, peacekeeping, quiet, subdued people. And we don't want to cause problems, right? Like I didn't want to cause problems. I don't think I could have said no to save my life six, seven years ago. Um, And it showed up in my business. It showed up in my family. I, so I used to have a property management business and I would get the most absurd requests. Like one time this woman was staying in one of the houses. This is, it was in um, a very upscale neighborhood uh, resort community. And this woman called me at 845 at night and told me that the banisters above the stairs, like it was like eight feet off the ground. Like, I don't even know how she saw it, but she said it was very dusty and that I needed to come clean it right then. And you know what? I got in my car and I went and cleaned it. And I can tell you when I ended that business, I've never been so happy in my life to not be at the beck and call of ridiculous people like that. But I couldn't even say no. I couldn't say, I'll be there in the morning. No, I couldn't say, I couldn't physically say no. And of course that led me to resenting this person, resenting the business, resenting that I had to drive out there. But it wasn't really her fault. The guest was saying that it's dusty, sure. But myself as the host could have just said, okay, I'll be there in the morning because I haven't even mentioned that I live 45 minutes away. And we had two babies at the time. So I was a crazy person. Um, Number three, low self-esteem and relying on external validation. Check, check, check. I didn't, I've always, so I've never had very good self-esteem. I've always struggled with acne, um, which I'm sure anyone can relate. That has killed my self-esteem from the time of, I don't think, I think it got really bad when I was like 16. And so my self-esteem has always been really affected by that. I've never had very good self-esteem. I've always needed, I've always like checked, like checked the people in the room. I have extreme rejection, rejection sensitivity. I can check a room. And if I see like a side glance, I'm like, okay, they hate me. Or if, or if I say something and it's like not quite the response that I wanted, I get hurt. I can remember very specifically, we were at dinner one time with our family and one of our friends came with us and he had paid, he paid for everyone's dinner. And, um, my family member that I was sitting across from was like, where's the check? And I was like, oh no, our friend already paid. And the friend was like, why did you just tell him that? And he just wanted it to be low key, right? But I 
took that as I had messed up. I had failed. He hated me. And I literally left the restaurant and went and sat down in the car by myself on the verge of tears. Like, um, that's not a normal response, right? Like that is me not getting or getting a moment of not validation from the external and not having any internal validation to tell myself like, he's not like, that's not a reflection of you. Like how, how the heck were you supposed to know that? No compassion, no love, no understanding for myself. And I just completely fell apart. Number four, people pleasing. This is literally a trait of codependency, people pleasing, constantly seeking approval and avoiding conflict. So I was the literal queen of avoiding conflict. I, I would do anything like I can remember if my, we, so my husband and I used to have a constant fight. We would always fight about the cleanliness of the house. Looking back, um, the, like, if I look at back at pictures now, the house was always a disaster, like an actual disaster. And I couldn't physically keep up with the housework. And I think it was a reflection of my internal state. Like I couldn't, um, keep up with my house because I couldn't keep up with myself. But anyway, we would fight and fight and fight over the cleanliness of the house because I was a stay at home mom. He worked crazy hours. He still works crazy hours because he's an entrepreneur and it was like a constant fight. And so if I could sense, if I sensed him, if I sensed him just getting a little bit uptight, I would go into immediate emergency cleaning mode and I would try and clean as much as I could before the fight actually started. So I could be like, look, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like, and that was one of my main ways of avoiding conflict. I also, you know, in avoiding conflict, you don't ever speak up for yourself. You don't ever actually say, Hey, that bothers me. You just stuff it down and you have suppressed emotions and ta-da, resentment builds. Number five, poor communication skills, struggling to express thoughts, feelings, and needs. Check, check, check. Have you ever been in a situation where you're having almost a disagreement or you're just existing in someone kind of offending you for a period of time and you leave and you think of everything that you wanted to say in the moment and you're like, oh, if I had thought of that when they were saying that, then I like it would have been better. But in all reality, you know that you never would have actually said that in the moment because you just didn't have the capacity to say that in the moment. I like that was me. I always was angry about something. And I would be like, Oh, if I just had that comeback when I was there, then they would have understood. But in, in reality, I never spoke up for myself. I never knew how to articulate my feelings. I never knew how to articulate my needs in a way that people understood. I could, I could side glance. I could shoot passive aggressive comments at you. No problem. I could not communicate my actual thoughts, needs, feelings to save my life. All right. Number six, dependency on others for happiness, just like self-worth, right? You link your happiness to others approval. Or in my case, I remember having a repetitive thought that I had messed up. Like I, so I was at this point married 
and we had two, two, maybe three kids. And I just had this repetitive thought, like, I think I messed up. Like I didn't marry someone who just their only goal is to make me happy. Like I didn't marry someone who wanted to make me happy, who, you know, worshiped me, who thought I was cool, who had unconditional love for me. I didn't marry someone who actually liked me. That's what I felt like. But, but really like my husband and I are obsessed with each other. I just had no ability to create joy or love for myself. And so even at times when there were acts of love, you know, attempts at creating joy and love in the house, I couldn't even receive it because I wasn't giving it to myself. That's not something that you should ever have to receive from other people. That's something you should be giving to yourself at all times. So even just the inclination that you need someone to love you to be whole is a sign, is a trait of codependency. Number seven, fear of abandonment. This is an intense, intense anxiety or like an insecurity at the thought of being left behind, being abandoned, being alone. Totally, totally experienced this. In fact, I can remember just intense fear, like even in those silly fights about the house being clean or not clean, it was like, I can't, I can't let him leave. Like it was, he, like he wasn't going to leave. Right. But I was, I was like, he can't leave. Like I, I can't be alone. I can't do this. I can't like, who am I by myself? Such clear signs of codependency, especially, especially in those like really minor disagreements. And your brain immediately goes to the fear of abandonment. Like they're going to leave me because I suck so bad. Like high, high likelihood of codependency. Number eight, difficulty identifying and expressing emotions, i.e. suppressing, ignoring, dissociating, becoming numb, check, check check, check, check. Now, while I didn't actually identify with this when I was figuring out that I was codependent, I did experience some super crazy emotional purges as I was healing. So when I was going down the road of, you know, trying to start to set boundaries and trying to give myself compassion and just doing these very little steps, I can remember not even anything really substantial happening, like maybe something burnt in the kitchen and I would burst into tears. And my poor husband would be like, what is wrong? And it's like, I don't actually know. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I just know that like these emotions need to come out, but I don't know why. And I think that's, um, I think that's so unbelievably common for people, especially when you've been hurt over and over again, but you don't want them to leave or you don't want them to, um, be mad. And so you have so many suppressed emotions. Now this can be, you know, all kinds of emotions. A lot of times it's anger or hurt or anger or fear, but the, 
But those repressed emotions are doing so much damage to your body. I, I mean, the more I heal, the more my acne clears up, the more, um, my, like my hormone levels stabilize. It's, it does much more to your body than you think. And it's blocking the, the natural flow of energy through your chakras. And maybe that's too woo for you, but it literally, you have energy centers in your body that when you hold emotions in, it will damage your body in ways that you don't understand. Or like I didn't understand when I was doing it. Um, you know, like leaky gut, um, I was obsessed with like probiotics and fixing my gut and, um, you know, bone broth and eating a specific way. And that didn't really do as much as releasing resentment. So a little crazy, but yeah, the, I've seen, I've seen, you know, my friends, they, when you suppress and suppress and suppress, and then something really tragic happens or something bigger happens, there's like an unloading of everything that's been suppressed, right? Or if you try plant medicine sometimes, or you're microdosing, you can have a complete release of all of these suppressed emotions because there's your body keeps score. Your body literally is holding it. And and I remember actually when I was really getting to the, uh, like the big release of my main resentments. Every time I talked about, I would shiver. I would literally shiver and that it was my body releasing the energy of the resentments. It, it was, it was crazy. I would shiver every time I don't, I still can shiver sometimes if I'm talking about it, which means my body's still holding onto stuff. Um, but I, it's not quite as bad as it used to be. Okay. Where am I? Number nine control issues. (laughs) I don't have any of those. Trying to control or fix others' behaviors and outcomes to help your anxiety and maintain a sense of security. So I definitely did this. I identify with it more in a people-pleasing way. Like, well, if I am doing this, this, and this, like if I'm making the effort to go to their house and bring, you know, a present and do this, then there's no way that they can have a bad opinion about me like for a little bit, right? That's how a people pleaser thinks. It's, it's extremely manipulative, but they identify or I identified as like, I'm going to do as much as I possibly can to get the approval that I need so that I feel okay. And those that's controlling, like that's a control issue. That's manipulative. That can be like almost like game playing, not for, um, not to like mess with people, but just to have the internal, like have to have that love and approval that I was seeking so badly. Number 10 And this is the one that I think most people think of when they think of codependency is enabling behaviors like supporting unhealthy behaviors or dependencies um, and while neglecting your personal well-being. So I feel like um, in extreme codependency cases, and I, I mean, I for sure could have gotten in that situation in the state that I was in, you're in a relationship with someone who maybe abuses substances or is narcissistic or can be 
uh, verbally, emotionally, physically abusive, but you need to, um, you have all these factors of needing their love, their approval, and the fear of being alone and familiarity, and you just can't see past you can't you can't see their damaging behaviors for what they actually are because of all of the layers of codependency that you have on top of it. Um yeah, so those those like when I read that blog however many years ago, I was like holy shit, I'm codependent. And while it was a little bit shocking at the time, it was everything I needed to hear because it let me have an answer to move forward with. And I did obsess a long time about why I was, once I figured it out, I was like, why am I codependent? Like what happened to me that made me codependent? Because there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of information you can find out there about how people become codependent as adults. Um, but in the end, in the end, that didn't matter. The more I focused on why, the less I was able to move forward, just focusing on the symptoms and the healing and the integration to move forward was, was what was best for me. And I recommend it because if you keep focusing on the problem, you get bigger problems. Um, so, so yeah, that is, those are the main traits of codependency. This is not an actual medical diagnosis. This is absolutely not a medical diagnosis. These are just a collection of traits that people identify with being codependent. And if you fall into that number 10, where you're enabling someone, or you feel like you are in an abusive relationship, or there's substance abuse involved, please reach out to a professional. There are a number of hotlines you can reach out to. I will put them in the notes um, because that if you, if you're feeling stuck in a situation like that, I want you to be able to get proper help. Um, and if you want to reach out to me, I can point you in directions and help connect you with people because I can totally understand getting to that point And I would want to do anything I could to help people out of it. So, um, yeah. Uh, the other, so every single one of those traits is a different way for resentment to build up for you. It's a different way for you to have more suppressed emotions. So unmet needs, um, being taken advantage of by not having good boundaries, suppressing your emotions, dependencies on others for validation, and then they don't give it to you, rescuing, enabling, and then not having validation in return, and then serial self-sacrificing, all of that is a recipe for extreme resentment. And I think that's why codependency is so damaging because then you, again, it's like the suppressed emotions, but the resentment, even when I could not act codependently anymore, it was the resentment on top of it that was the hardest for me to release. It was almost like I was mad at everyone for um, I was mad at everyone for taking advantage of my codependency or for enabling my codependency. And it was very, very hard for me to release that resentment. 
Um, and I will, I'll talk about that next time. One thing I did want to touch on before I sign off is that the sounding board membership is going to be launching on February 1st. This is um, the membership that I have been wanting to do because when I was in my healing journey, it was um, it was lonely. And I always was like, I would literally love if I could just bounce you know, this situation off of someone to better understand what the next, the, the good next steps are, or like, am I setting this boundary correctly? Or is this, am I taking offense to this when I shouldn't be? Am I still looking for new offenses? Like I just wanted someone to be able to understand what I was going through, relate to what I was going through. And I couldn't find that. So this is going to be a telegram chat. We'll be in there. I'll be in there daily for you to bounce ideas off of. We'll do a, a monthly full moon zoom. Um, cause that's a great time to release and there'll be bonuses in there and everything, but I will link the waiting list for that as well. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time. Love you. Bye.